Welcome to Am I Famous Yet? Memoir of a Working Class Rockstar, where I explore the trials and tribulations of being a full-time freelance professional musician in this crazy business we call show. My name is Ivan Funkboy Bodley, and I'll be your host, endeavoring to entertain you with my tales from the road, because sometimes you have to laugh to keep from crying. Am I Famous Yet? is available as a podcast wherever you get fine podcasts, a YouTube series, and even as an actual book in hardcover, softcover, and Kindle editions on Amazon. Links for all of these, including my social media, can be found at my website, www.funkboy.net, F-U-N-K-B-O-Y.net. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and review it, as these things really do help other people find the show. So grab your bass, tune up, and let's hit the road. Hey, it's Ivan. Welcome to Road Rage, Rants and Ruminations from the Rearview Mirror. There is much to tell. On Sunday morning, my alarm went off at 4 a.m. after approximately two and a half hours sleep. The wedding gig the night before ended at midnight. Oh, and I was in the great state of Florida, if you'll recall from the last time, just having disembarked from a cruise ship the previous dawn after too little sleep that night as well. A 6.15 a.m. flight from PBI West Palm Beach International Airport got me back to LaGuardia, LGA, by 8.30 a.m. A quick bus and subway ride had me rolling in my front door by 9.30. After a week away, I was very glad to be home. The reason I had to hustle back to New York was that Sunday night at 7 p.m., I was scheduled to make my second substitute appearance at the off-Broadway musical Regina Comet. You may recall me describing the stress involved in doing a first-time sub, which I had done the previous weekend. The second show is slightly more relaxed because, hopefully, you've proven to yourself and to the musical director that you can successfully play the show. But you also need to be careful not to get complacent because that will lead to making unfortunate mistakes. Furthermore, I had to take a bass, my music score, and a headphone practice amp set up with me on the cruise so I could keep Regina under my hands during the week's absence. I'm glad I did so because my second comment that night went pretty well. Plus, I was scheduled to do four more performances during the week and a total of 11 shows as they were finishing the last two weeks of their run. Each show gets a little more relaxed and dialed in. The headphone mix finally gets settled. You figure out how to listen at the lowest possible volume to be able to perform so you're not blasting your ears out every night with the cans. And you get to know the people in the production. Regina Comet has a cast of three plus a musical trio. It's an intimate affair. Fortunately, the people are quite lovely and welcoming. It's been a very pleasant experience. Believe me, that can go the other way sometimes. On Monday, which is Regina's dark night, I got called to sub again in the Richie Kanata Jam Session house band at the bitter end. There were no untoward incidents. One of the charts that I had written about a month before that hadn't got played, if you recall me complaining about that back then, came up again. It was a Zeppelin cover, What Is and What Should Never Be. The guy who requested the song apologized for not showing up last time and wanted to finally sing it. While I was glad that the work I put in hadn't gone to waste, I was now faced with the task of cold sight reading a specifically busy and famous bass line by John Paul Jones. I tried to design my charts for easy recapture on just such an emergency, but it still took me until the second chorus to really nail the line. Tuesday night, I played Regina Comet again. Wednesday, I ventured down to the Wonder Bar in Asbury Park, New Jersey to do a Veterans Benefit show with Killer Joe and featured guest Vinnie Pastore of The Sopranos fame. I find it fascinating that Vinnie, whose character was killed off early in the second season of the show 20 years ago now, will forever be known by his on-screen name Big Pussy. 
Whatever you get most famous for follows you around for the rest of your life. Vinny's not upset by it, nor should he be. He's continuing to have a long and storied career that occasionally involves him singing some songs with us on stage. He's always a good time and a good hang. Quite early Wednesday morning, I received a text asking if I would be available to sub the following Sunday matinee at Ain't Too Proud, The Life and Times of the Temptations, over to the Broadway. This would be my first time back at that show in 20 months. In fact, it would be my first time on a Broadway stage since the pandemic. I played the last regular performance of Ain't Too Proud in March 2020, the day before all of the theaters closed. What this text message did was suddenly put me into crucial woodshedding mode for the remainder of the week. It would require multiple hours of daily practice to shake off the rust from the long absence. It also began a five-day, ever-so-incremental increase in my waking stress level until I could demonstrate to myself and my employers that I was indeed back up to speed on the show. Though I had done eight performances before the shutdown, this ninth show was going to feel much more like a first show in terms of the pressures involved. On Thursday, I had my usual visit with Grandmama. There was an unfortunate incident of her wearing black gloves with a blue sweater that she was mildly embarrassed about. So naturally, I took a photo of the offending couture choice and posted it on social media. She almost broke the internet as a result. Fortunately, the fashion police decided not to prosecute this time. I was carrying my acoustic bass guitar and a gig bag with me that day because I had a student in town after my visit with Grandmama. She had asked me to pick up a couple of items for her at the store on my way over, which I'm only too happy to do. As I was checking out, the clerk asked me if that was indeed a base in the case. I confirmed that it was and marveled to myself at the fact that so few people get that right. An acoustic bass guitar is an unusual instrument and even harder to identify when in its case. Right as I was beginning to internally celebrate the knowledge and intuition of this clerk, the next question asked threw that right off the rails. Are you Hungarian? Because my friend's family is Hungarian, and they all play instruments. Right. Never mind, I thought to myself. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights, I played at Regina Comet. I was using any spare waking hours to practice for Ain't Too Proud on Sunday. I'm happy to report that my return to the Broadway went about as well as it could have gone. My concentration was on high alert after so long an absence, but I had prepared well, reviewed my choreography, and was ready to go. Besides being a challenging score to play, of all Motown music with very noty bass lines, a lot of the underscore passages during the show are just me playing solo. The bass doesn't stop for most of the two and a half hours of the performance. There's one additional monkey wrench thrown into the works. My dear pal George, for whom I'm subbing over there, is a kickboxer with massive and powerful hands. He likes to set up his bases to require greater physical effort to play. It lets him dig in harder and play a more aggressive show. I totally get that. He also did some historical research and found out the actual string gauges James Jamerson used on his bass while recording at Motown. They're much heavier strings than what is considered standard gauges by most players today. As such, the string tension on George's show bass is very high, making that instrument a bear to wrestle with. Over to the Broadway, it is standard practice to use the person's instrument you're subbing for. That keeps the signal chain to front of house more consistent for the sound mixer and also for what the actors hear on stage. After the show, my hands were throbbing from the extra exertion. I have a practice bass at home set up with slightly heavier strings to help prepare me for the heavyweight contest that is going 15 rounds with George's bass. I trained well but also happy I didn't have two shows to play that day over there. One could get injured that way. 
I came up with what I thought was a brilliant idea. I decided I would try to practice the show at home on my upright bass, which coincidentally has heavier strings equal to the show bass in the pit. The upright bass in general is a more muscular instrument to play, so I figured that if I could play the show on upright, by contrast, the pit bass would feel like a walk in the park. Brilliant, right? Then, I remembered that I had had this exact same revelation two years ago when I was subbing at the show before the shutdown, and had indeed practiced it on upright, but had completely forgotten that I had done that until I had my redundant epiphany yet again. There's something to be said for long-term memory. This is the Funk Boy, signing off.